This is Ann Cavera with another episode of Speeding Past 80. Thanks for joining me. This episode is called What's Left in the End. A year and a half ago, I began Speeding Past 80 with the hope of offering an episode each week. We did very well having an episode every Tuesday for a long time. Well, now I'm just trying to get an episode done each week, and if I get one today, we're good. Most of you know my husband Jim has Alzheimer's. Even though I have a wonderful support system, his disease is making life very difficult for both of us. For now, I'm going to keep speeding past 80 because I get so much from doing this podcast, though I don't know if I'll ever get back to doing one every Tuesday. So, for friends and family, and anyone else who might be wondering what Alzheimer's looks like at the 8-year mark, here's an update. There are days now when I fear I'm so far behind in everything, I'll never catch up. Even though I have about 12 hours of help each week, Jim's care consumes most of my day. We just finished talking for an hour, but he kept asking the same questions over and over. What is this place? Who are you? Who am I? While taking care of his personal needs, making meals, keeping up with bills, and doing the laundry, I do have time to think. And so this week seems a good time to assess where we are. About eight years ago, Jim began having difficulty completing sentences. Nothing serious. At first, we laughed about it. I finished sentences for him. Then, simple tasks were not so simple anymore. He wondered just how he was supposed to cut those vegetables he needed for the stir-fry he liked to make. Suddenly, there were lots of small mysteries in life. He still enjoyed driving, and I became an extra set of eyes and ears. I'd say things like, no, not this turn, the next one. Wait, the light just turned red. Or, okay, coast is clear, you can turn now. He didn't seem to mind my help. We managed that way for about three years, until 2018. That's when everything fell apart. One Lenten noon prayer service, he stopped in the middle of the reading. He could not make sense of the words. After a very long, uncomfortable minute or two, while the congregation wondered what on earth was happening, he finally managed to stumble to the end of the reading. A few weeks later, we were on our way to see someone in a nursing home. We were on a busy street. He made a left hand turn into oncoming traffic. No one was hurt, but the car was totaled. He never drove again. I kept driving him to and from his regular golf game on Wednesday mornings. One day a golfing buddy offered to give him a ride home. Jim couldn't remember his address. So we began looking for answers. After many specialists and all kinds of tests, the neurologist said simply, This is Alzheimer's. We came home and cried. The next winter or two, he spent every afternoon reading large print books. After months of filling his afternoons this way, he'd start a book, but he had to put it aside because he said the plot was too complicated. He claimed the newspaper was written in a strange print, one that made no sense. His crossword puzzles became too difficult. He could still write, but his handwriting gradually became illegible. Then he could no longer remember how to make the letters. 
Today he cannot even sign his name. The vision in his right eye is nearly gone. I put the little pills from his medicine box on his placemat, but I often have to guide his finger to find the pill. I always remind him to swallow the pills whole, not chew them. The last couple of years we've watched all the Hallmark movies, some more than once. His vision is so poor now, I don't think he can really see the images on the television, and he can't follow the plots. Jim spends hours sitting in his chair in the living room, or one in the family room, or on the front porch. Often he falls asleep. He either speaks very little, or he's very, very confused, talking in words that make no sense. Though, you know, I think he still understands quite a bit. Sometimes, especially in the evening, he wanders the house looking for people he thinks must be here. He can't find them. Last night, he left the supper table twice to go in the living room and clap his hands loudly, trying to get people to show themselves. Alzheimer's is a terrible, terrible disease. But in the middle of all the confusion and sadness, there are still moments of laughter and even joy, too. I have a terrible singing voice, but these days I often break into some of the old songs I remember from my childhood. I sing Make New Friends and Kookaburra from my Girl Scout days. We often sing hymns together, too. He joins in making sounds that imitate what I'm singing. Several times a day he might not know who I am, or who he is, or where he is, for that matter. I tell him, I'm your wife. My name is Anne. You're my husband. Your name is Jim. We've been married 57 years, and we are 80 years old. He usually responds to this with a look of absolute shock and wonder. He usually says, is that right? Really? We are so much luckier than most people who face this disease. We have a great support team. Our children who live close by are always there to help us. Folks from church come by each week. Our children who live far away keep in close contact, and we are fortunate enough to have a part-time caregiver a few hours each week. Still, I mourn for the man who slowly disappeared in front of my eyes over the past eight years. You know, physically, he's fine, in much better shape than most men his age. But mentally, he's all but disappeared into some sort of swamp where I can't follow. Once in a while, a glimpse of my husband who was comes to the surface. This happened just a couple of weeks ago when our son Chris sat with him on the front porch. Chris told me later that at one point, his dad said, I've lost a lot, but I still have people who love me. What an amazing gift. Not one, but two complete sentences. I will treasure those sentences forever. What is a person to do if the ability to read, write, remember, and understand disappears? Perhaps there is a deeper truth in life here. Most of us have to endure all kinds of losses. But when we know, really know, that there are people who still love us, isn't that all that really matters in the end? Thanks for listening. This is Ann Cavero with Speeding Past 80.